0: Grace and peace of our Lord be with each of you. Holy Spirit, would you open our eyes so that we could see? Would you open our ears so that we could hear? Would you open our mind and our hearts so that we could understand? So that we'll turn to you and live. Amen. Amen. Scripture reading today is from Mark chapter 8 <clears throat> into chapter 9. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at the disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers... those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And he said to them, Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. And six days later, Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. And suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore but only Jesus. The word of the Lord. So there's about 17 sermons in that text. Don't worry, I'm just going to preach one. But this is the Sunday where in many traditions across the world, churches, Christians of many stripes are reading the story of the transfiguration before we enter into Lent. We're going to ponder the Transfiguration today. And this is an icon from an Ethiopian monastery in the 16th century of the Transfiguration. <clears throat> and so perhaps if my words are unhelpful, perhaps this icon will preach to you the gospel of Christ. There's two things that most of you, if you've been around the church very long, th- these are super familiar truths but i think maybe we should remind ourselves of them before we think about the transfiguration the first one is the most basic reality that when we want to know what it means to be god when we want to know what god is like we look at jesus jesus is god completely entirely And when we look at Jesus, we discover that God is one who would rather die himself than abandon us. We learn that God is one who, like that woman who was dragged out in front of the accusers, that God is one who stands next to us, who deflects those accusations and who shields us from shame. We learn that Jesus (coughs) tells us that God is the one who on the cross ...takes our wounds into himself... ...so that we can be healed from the inside. We look at Jesus and we discover that God... ...in this profound mystery... ...actually takes wounds into Jesus' own body... ...and keeps them. So that later, if we falter in our faith... ...and need to believe that this same God... ...actually shows us those very wounds. Whenever we say the word God we are talking about the God who is revealed in the battered and beautiful body of Jesus Christ. And there's a second truth. Whenever we want to know what it means to be human, we begin by looking at Jesus. Jesus is human, completely, entirely. Some of us think that being like Jesus means beating down all of our human bits, transcending that awful burden of being human so that we can somehow become something other. But the truth is the opposite. Jesus reveals what the deepest, truest, most liberated, whole human looks like. Jesus is humanity healed of our selfishness, fear, shame, despair. Jesus is humanity unleashed from our idols and all of our forms of bondage. Jesus is humanity as we're created to be. Humanity truly alive. So there's probably two fundamental questions that many of us carry with us always even if we don't quite articulate it this way but who is god and who am i and both of these questions find themselves in the person of jesus christ so we come to the transfiguration and it is one of the gospels most bizarre stories and there's a lot of them but this ranks high We don't really know what to do with this story. We have Jesus radiating light. His clothes dazzling white. There is illumination pulsing from Jesus' body like someone switched a flip on a nuclear radiator. And then there's Elijah and Moses who are long dead and yet there they stand talking to Jesus. And Jesus burns white fire. This is how Matthew puts it, that his face is shining like the sun. So given this mind-boggling scene, so mysterious, this fiery light that is obviously not of this world, our mind naturally turns to what Jesus is showing us here about being God the Eastern Church has always emphasized how at the transfiguration, God is radiating uncreated light. In other words, Jesus isn't reflecting light that's coming from somewhere else. This is light that is generated within Jesus's own being. It is the light that was before the foundation of the world. It is the light that pierces into every darkness. This is pure light this is god that we're dealing with here but i actually want to ponder for a few moments the other reality what at the transfiguration jesus is showing us about what it means to be human if we want to consider what it means for jesus to be human we probably would think there are better stories to tell jesus cooking fish over a fire with friends jesus welcoming and gathering children around him jesus weeping over the death of his friend lazarus maybe jesus flipping those tables in the temple i mean all of those stories somehow feel uh, more human don't they but the transfiguration jesus's face shining like the sun The Transfiguration is an essential story for many reasons, and one of them is because here we have God's pure, uncreated light burning within and radiating from the human body of Jesus. This is stunning. Jesus is the most human human who has ever existed. And God's burning light shimmers here through Jesus. God's burning, unfiltered light is fully at home in the flesh of Jesus. And in some ways, because Jesus is telling us what it means to be human, it means that God's light is meant to be very at home in us too. One of the church fathers origin put it this way what good does it do us if christ has come to earth only in the human body long ago and if we do not know that he also comes in our bodies now to be truly human is to have god's divine light poured into us god's flaming light radiating from us. To be truly human is to come alive by the light of God, to be transfigured by God's burning presence. Some of the first Christians believed that at the transfiguration, Jesus Christ was appearing as Adam and Eve did in the garden before the great disaster, but that Adam's light because of sin had dimmed. And now in the person of Jesus Christ, that light is being powerfully rekindled. In this image we have up here, the little circles of light, we often think of them uh, sort of popularly as halos, maybe. Um, The one of Christ in the middle is the largest one. But notice who else has the light? Everybody. Everybody. This is what God intends to do in the person of Christ, to break free the light of God and for it to invade all of us. Callistos Ware said, the transfiguration shows what our human nature would now be, but for the sin of Adam, it shows us what our human nature can, be, can become again through the healing and fiery love of Jesus Christ. See, God's fire, it's meant to break loose. It's meant to set us all aflame. In Genesis, God's breath made us live, and at the transfiguration, God's fiery presence, the light of God, is bringing us alive again. It's why Corinthians would say, all of us, with our unveiled faces like mirrors, reflecting the glory of the Lord... All of us are being transformed into the image that we reflect in brighter and brighter glory. Jesus isn't reflecting any light, but he is pouring it out and it comes into us. And then we reflect that powerful burning light. God is completely at home in. God shines through human flesh human bodies real human lives here and now you being transformed by jesus is not an imposition on being authentically human it is what it means to be truly human and you know what happens when the transfiguration begins and the burning radiance begins to pour out of jesus and peter does what peter often does and i feel great compassion for him because i I think this is me sometimes he just starts babbling he just starts talking and the scripture very plainly says he was talking because he didn't know what to say and he was terrified whenever we encounter stunning beauty whenever we encounter god's radiance if we don't know what to say then maybe we just don't say anything. Whenever we encounter Jesus' burning with God's flaming love, sometimes the beauty is so awesome and wondrous that our hearts tremble and our knees shake. There's a holy kind of fear. And then we spend all kinds of time trying to explain it. Or explain it away. Or manage it, or recreate it, or make sure we can make it happen again. But this is actually, I think, this week I've struggled because I think this is a kind of dangerous sermon to preach because the transfiguration isn't something we explain. It's something we encounter. It's something we stand in awe of. It's something that we contemplate. If you would to go to the Church of All Nations in Gethsemane, at the sign at the front entrance. You'd see this right above. It says, please, no explanations in the church. Now, what they literally mean is from the many, many tours that come through they don't want the tour guides giving loud explanations and interrupting prayer but i think sometimes we should have that instruction please no more explanations in the church worship so this is why we have the poets so i'm going to finish with a poem from malcolm Geit called transfiguration i probably could have just read this poem and called it a day For that one moment, in and out of time, on that one mountain where all moments meet, the daily veil that covers the sublime in darkling glass fell dazzled at his feet. There were no angels full of eyes and wings, just living glory full of grace and truth. and The love that dances at the heart of things, shone out upon us from a human face. The love that dances at the heart of things, shone out upon us from a human face. And to that light, the light in us leaped up. We felt it quicken somewhere deep within. A sudden blaze of long extinguished hope trembled and tingled through the tender skin. Nor can this blackened sky this darkened scar wherever you experience the blackened sky or the darkened scar today nor can this blackened sky nor darkened scar eclipse that glimpse of the way things really are so when god's light breaks through all the death, the fear, the shame, the regret, whenever that light burns and begins to renew in us a completely different vision for what it means to be human and alive, it is both a beautiful and terrible thing. And we have to ask, are we willing to be burned? Are we willing for the light of God to resurrect us? Rowan Williams said, looking at Jesus seriously changes things. If we do not want to be changed, it is better not to look hard or too long. Are we willing to be burned by God's love? As we enter Lent, are we willing to reckon with the death inside us? So that the liberating, powerful, light, the burning love of God can be set free in us once again. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.